Welcome, everybody, to episode 134 of the Pilsner Podcast. My name is Tim. That is short for Thames. We are joined here with everyone tonight, and also Megan. Megan, hello. Hello. Moving on. (laughs) Hi, Megan. We'll talk after. (laughs) We're in the living room tonight. We're in the main house. Who invited the broad? Yeah. We're in the main house tonight, not the garage sweat lodge, because Adam from Sleepy Eye Brewing is here. Hello, Adam. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, thanks for coming. I didn't think you'd actually come. <laughs> That's what she said. stay a little unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a little uh, loose and conversational one night, and I thought, you know, it'd be a good idea. And I just found you on Instagram and started chatting with you. I'm like, hey, I wake up the next day. I go, well, thank God that went well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wondering if you were drinking. Uh, no, we're happy to do it. We like to get out and, and kind of uh, spread the word a little bit and talk about beer. That's what we love to do. That's why we uh, have a brewery. Of course. Um, so you guys at Sleepy Eye, you just opened up last night uh, for... Yep. Last night was the uh, reopening or the grand reopening uh, in the in the days of uh, COVID, I guess. How much did that just suck? The whole COVID thing and owning a brewery and your first, you're just getting your feet I was going to say, not just a brewery, but in your first year. Yeah. Yeah. And a coffee shop. Yeah. It it was less than stellar, to say the least. We're, we were all just, I mean, miserable with it. You do it because it's fun. Right. Uh, and you want to be able to have people in the building, hang out with people, drink beer with people. And instead, we were just doing cans. But the support was unbelievable. I was say, uh, from what I could see, every time I drove by there, it looked like you had people lined up, you know, whether yeah. it was in the daytime for coffee or in the evening picking up beer to go. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it, the uh, Just kind of the customer support from the area was unbelievable, and it, it certainly kept us alive and allowed us to keep brewing. And we, we had to brew like crazy. Just you made a shitload of different new beers, too. That that is uh, Drill Sergeant Judd making sure that uh, we never get boring. That okay. uh, yep, he's always pushing us to come up with with new recipes, and he's always got an idea for a new recipe. And then if we don't do it, he will. That was yeah, I was really impressed. I couldn't believe when you guys announced an, a sour. I'm like, they told us they wouldn't do that like a couple of months ago. They go, why why step on Star Keller's feet? Yeah, <laughs> we finally dabbled. We did. We took the plunge, but that was our for Aaron and I both. It was our first crack at a sour, and we hadn't brewed one at, at any scale. So oh. we thought we'd give it a whirl. And Ooh, kind of okay. You should have. Uh, went. We have a sour in the books for next week. Probably you should have just waited and showed us and practiced with that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, we were getting. Uh, well, we had an idea for a sour, and we just decided, you know what, it's time to take the plunge and give it a whirl. And I, I actually really liked how it turned out. Is that but a big risk? Because um, you guys are a smaller facility, like using a tank on something like that. Were you nervous the whole time, like while it was fermenting, and you're just like sitting there, like God, this could be something I know was going to be good, but now is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that part's that that's always a factor, um, but. I think we talked about it when you guys were in the building a few months ago. Having a smaller system, that's the beauty of it. If if we put out one batch, that's a turd. It's just one small batch. It's not like we have, you know, 10 barrels of it. So we, yeah, you yeah. Know, yes. you know, we're sitting on six kegs of something that we don't love. And most of the time... You're going to find somebody that likes it. Yeah, Ad- they're not going to be terrible. Advertising could take care of that. You spin it. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah or you, add it, you fruit it. I mean... That's because there are certain beers that don't taste right. They have an off taste, but you know, it would actually, the rest of the beer would pair well with the fruit. 
and you can kind of get away with that. Okay. Uh, okay. But that's not, we prefer not to do that. And we really, we really haven't much. I think there's been one, one beer that I really thought was a dog that we've put out, but. Ooh, maybe that's like the it. secret. On, are maybe, you going to say it? Are you going to say which no, one that was? Oh, no, no. Maybe Come these, on. Maybe these <laughs> no. Drekkers and Junkyards are really just making awful beer, and they're covering it up with fruit every time. Megan has said yeah. that from the start. You can grab yeah. the mic anytime you want. <laughs> okay. What's your quote, Ben? Every well, time. I said, as long as you put enough sugar and fruit in it, how can it taste bad? It's just like Kool-Aid. True. It's true. Yeah. And that's a <laughs> so lot true. of the ones that we... Well, Drekker lot, and Junkyard. a lot do. that we've had, yeah. 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 The better fruit beers... You'll have the same fruit like in the ferment as you do. So you you ferment it on that fruit. So there'll be some of the pulp, and then you get some of those sugars broken down and fermented. So the better fruit beers are going to be planned from the start because they're fermented on the fruit, and then they're resweetened in the keg. You for, are you fermenting okay. with act, like on the sour with actual fruit or puree? Uh, we're using it. It's a puree. Okay. Um, they're all so-called aseptic purees because they go in after you boil it, so they can't have any bacterial contamination or you're going to spoil your batch but the the better fruit beers are going to be fruited with the ferment and after when you resweeten okay got it we've gathered a lot of rhubarb recently Ooh, (laughs) sounds like a good idea how about did you cantaloupe yet muskmelon the musk he wants some muskmelon beer so bad i don't but it's just one that nobody's done yeah it'll probably be disgusting but i'm gonna brew a lager no one's done it yet i'm gonna make a lager this winter um, and just put nothing but ajou sauce in it, and we're gonna start that. <laughs> <laughs> the same, the savory beer trend. Yeah, we're gonna have like roast beef beers. <laughs> I, I, I want to listen to that podcast when you guys taste that. Oh, Notice how be, he didn't yeah. say that's a good idea. <laughs> so what's uh, how did things go last night? What's what are the rules you guys are following for the in person or people coming in now? Yeah, so last night it sounded like it was fairly slow, but Wednesdays are always, I would say, pretty typically slow. It's kind of golf night, too, so the golf course was packed. Um, but we're essentially at a 50% capacity, um, so we can get roughly 50 people in the building. We spaced out tables in what we thought was kind of the most reasonable way we could. And we have a big building, so we can get more than six feet between tables pretty easily, which is nice. And then we try to uh, have, and people are supposed to make reservations or they can get a table if it's available at walk-in but what we really don't want is people waiting in line uh, you know to get a table where they're all bunched together and you got 50 people sitting outside so we kind of want advanced uh advanced reservations and once you get in get to your table try to keep serving you at the table keep people from coming uh, you know walking around a lot and coming up and then we were at uh my wife and i went to minor brewing and the Black Hills, like on Memorial Day weekend, and they had all the tables inside six feet apart, and they were only limited people in there. But they had a line down the street, and like the line was shoulder to shoulder. So I'm like, this is defeating the purpose because you're not social distancing to get inside to social distance. Uh, yep, yeah. yeah, that's kind of uh, that's the issue we that you have with all of it. Do you guys have any like space? outside in the back that you could have converted into like patio space or anything we don't we've talked to the city a bunch about using kind of blocking off the alley and using that because it could be contiguous with our our building and um we debated that and just ended up deciding against it because of the amount of work of getting tables putting tables out pulling them back in and the the picnic tables we'd get would be heavy and if it's you know female staff that night who's going to come and help them move the tables right um so there were kind of a lot of logistical things that we just decided not to do it it's interesting because i the front end 
We're, we're working on the front. But that just block off Highway 14. It, yeah. No, seriously, there, there is like, like if you go to Hopkins, yeah. downtown Hopkins, Minnesota, there's a really good bar um, and they do like brunch and stuff. Uh, they're, they have like a permanent block off. Like they have actual like wooden posts like into the ground. Mm-hmm. The whole sidewalk just ends right there for that space of the bar. And that's yep. their patio. It's like a two table, like wide, small tables for two people. There's some yeah. places in downtown Sioux Falls that do that, but I also saw that in New Ulm, the city was offering to shut down Minnesota Street mm-hmm. so that the businesses could have patio space out on the street, and the businesses declined and said they weren't interested. That, which, be, that kind of surprised me. That would be awesome. I think that'd be cool, like one big block party. Yeah. So we Speaking actually have been looking into. Amber. <laughs> Amber's delicious. I said last. Year. I know. I know. Good. We we have <laughs> been working on getting seating up front, actually, okay. on the street, but it's Highway 14, so it's controlled, and the sidewalks are controlled by MinDOT. So the city is putting in an application to MinDOT, and then once MinDOT, and they have to have a policy that that they'll follow when they do it and they have to approve all that. And then if MnDOT approves it, then the city will show us what, what we're able to do. And when you serve alcohol, you got to rope everything in. Okay. Um, so it, you got to have, you got to have it roped in, have tables, a walkway for people inside the ropes, and then you still got to have an open sidewalk. Um, so we're still working it's on it. It's a nightmare. It. Yeah. 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 It's just a logistical I saw in Wyndham I was driving by one of the, the pheasant bar. Which one's that? The fat pheasant? Yeah. Yes. They had actual cattle gates. That's all the places Sweet. in Wyndham have that. Then somebody in town must have donated or something. It just looked a little off. Duffy's has, has, it, has it as well. <laughs> now, like, I was come on, say, everyone. Why don't you throw somebody up on rattling. top of the marquee? You could put tables up there, right? <laughs> That's, that wouldn't be a terrible idea. <laughs> I just don't want to pay the lawsuits when they fall off. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've been up there many times, <laughs> uh, up there redoing the roof. The people driving by kind of double take. Right. <laughs> or a yeah, rooftop patio. That's, On a, what, 100-year-old <laughs> building? That's been a, that's also been discussed many times. They're like, what do we got to do to get beams up there and make a rooftop? That'd be pretty fucking cool. It would be really cool. I mean, to sit on top of a building. That would, oh, man. If you could make Sleepy Eye, like, within your view, just slightly prettier and you had a rooftop patio my god that's, that's you guys are the new surly destination yeah oh, it, undoubtedly people come for miles for that view versus yeah. like yeah. yeah i mean you guys are cleaning it up like way better than springfield you got that one yeah. you like tore down that one building and put like a nice memorial looking park there like right near you guys like that looks great yep. you yeah you got the old pizza the place for it's sale the there stop. yeah, yeah. post office mm-hmm. you can probably see that from there <laughs> yeah, the depot museum, the old flour mill. There'd be a lot of things that would be cool if you could wipe out the vacant stuff in between. Right. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's make fun of my beer for a minute here. I'm not What's this first one we're drinking here? Well, you're drinking. Uh, or am the, I drinking them backwards? I think so. So grab uh, the red one first, Corey. Okay. So that'd be the this Amber one's really Hill. good though. <laughs> so that'd be the, the middle one for you, Adam and. Adam, you drank it. Yeah, that's the amber. No. The darker one. Which one do you want to start with? The amber or the citra? Uh, the amber. Amber. Okay. This one's the amber. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. drinking the citra. The there, yeah. yeah. Do I have two ambers? Kind of looks like it almost. Does it taste like you do? No. That's citra. Well, take a sip of the middle one. Way to go, Tim. It'll be good. It's a citra. Well, that's a citra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the color is crazy off. Yeah, it looks like it looks. Well, is it? Is it, or is it just, it's just it's it's that 
uh, what that like caramel based? Was it the was it the malt or the grains that turn it into the color? That's the grains that um, do it, right? Yeah, they're both going to do it because of the, the the extract or the malt that you use. That's just an extract from grains, so it's basically just they did it for you and then oh, yeah. hydrated it. Just so everyone knows, I'm oh. I called the brewer. I'm most excited about the conversation we're going to have off air because I have about 19 questions <laughs> that I'm not going to ask. <laughs> Only 19? Oh man, <laughs> that's why I step in. Why 19? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So I think do you still have that recipe thing? On my phone, yeah. Yeah, if you show it to me, so which I believe it was a it's like a caramel sixty, and that. So this is what you're drinking right now. I zoomed in on it. Yeah, so it's got a caramel ADL and special B, um, and then a little bit of roasted barley. So that's why those are going to be dark. So all three of those grains are actually fairly dark, and then the golden malt syrup would be pretty light. So the syrup would be light. And then each of these, these three are going to be roasted, so they're going to be fairly dark. And the the caramel eighty is going to give it kind of a sweet toffee kind of caramel flavor. And this color would be pretty close to what you could get with a large amount of caramel eighty. Yeah, and you can notice too. I think that we, um, I, I think that beer tastes like it got like oxidized. You can kind of taste that in there. Yeah, I think the flavor that that you're tasting is a roasted malt. Okay. That almost a little bit, a little bit burnt, maybe. A little bit. And it, it can. I mean, roasted malt can be pretty polarizing at times. It depends on on if your palate, if you like a roasted malt in it. But the lighter the beer, the easier it is to kind of pick up on that roasted malt flavor. Yeah. You're smart. No, see, making so it you up as pay I go. The big bucks, yeah. right? <laughs> see, like that's okay. We're just getting started on, like, I get it. We're not all grain. We're not doing. We're just doing extract starter kits because we're trying to learn. Where do you learn? Like, who taught you? Where, where'd you go? Like, did you have someone showing you? Because we're just guessing at a lot of things. Yep, you, you're learning the way the vast majority of people learn. So when I learned, I learned on wine uh, to start with, and. It was ironically my my high school knowledgeable coach's husband who made wine, and <laughs> I stayed in touch with her after I graduated, and and then I was in New Alm for a few years uh, while I was in med school. I was there for a year, and that's where they lived, and I spent time with them brewing wine, and that was kind of, or I shouldn't say really brewing wine, but making yeah. wine, and yeah. that's where we <laughs> my language has changed since I sort of switched, but um, so I was making a lot of wine initially, and that's how I kind of learned the whole process, and then. Hey, we talked about it the last podcast too. So right. you get thirty bottles of wine as a single male. What in the world are you going to do with it? What's the overturn though? Because like I'm learning that the Black Party Amber Ale um, was the last beer that we did because we were the least like excited about it. Mm-hmm. But it was the first beer we were drinking because the IPAs yep. take longer to for the finished product. Yep. So how, what's the turnaround on wine? Wine is actually pretty similar, so it doesn't. You don't have to do any boil at all. You kind of put the fruit in, and typically you're using like a concentrate. So you pour the fruit in, you add whatever you want to season it, you ferment it, and then it goes in the, you have your primary fermenter and then a secondary. You're going to transfer more to get it a little bit more clear. Mm -hmm. And then 
you may age it longer. So if you if you're gonna put it on like you'll use oak chips and you drop oak chips in, you could leave it in there for one to six months and then bottle it for whatever. A white wine you're gonna drink pretty quick uh, in a few months, and a red wine you could leave a couple of years. Are you um, you priming wine too, just like you would beer? Doing what with it? Are you priming it, like priming sugar or anything like that? No, because uh, there's nope. no carbonation. Duh. Nope, exactly. Duh. Yeah, the priming sugar is all for carbonation. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, yep, no, yep, there's yep. none of that. But you, you are you do have like your elder elder flowers or oak that you add to it. Whatever you add for those other flavors, uh, you end up adding. And and the clearing agents are a little bit different. Um, although there are certain beers that we we're using, particularly the seltzer, where you clear it similar to a wine. Is that uh, like that moss tab thing that people are talking about? I'm um, to, yep. Obviously, I'm learning from Reddit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're talking about probably Irish moss. Yeah, uh, and you can use Irish moss, or you can use whirl flock tabs. Uh, I would use whirl flock tabs; they're just easier to work with, and you can just drop a tab in and be done. So we actually use whirl flock tabs in our beer. We use like uh, seven whirl flock tabs per batch, something like that. I was seeing one of them advertises the product that takes the haze look away, and I'm like, no, that's what I want. Like yeah. when I'm making a hazy IPA. <laughs> yeah, don't put whirl flock or, or Irish I want it moss to look like in your hazy. When I'm done with it. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't use it on your hazy. Any beer that you want to be able to see through, then you want to use like whirl flock. Yeah, like and, a pilsner or a lager or something like yep, that. Yep, exactly. And there are there are other agents that you can use after. So you know you're going to drop the whirl flock in during the boil. After you ferment and when you're ready to getting ready to bottle it or right before you bottle it, you can use another clearing agent to pull some more of the protein out. And so you'll lose, you lose a lot more of that haze there as well. So uh, yeah. on oh, a hazy, don't do that. Got it. I was thinking, I know I was thinking about looking into that cause I want to get a beer on the books for Oktoberfest, like a Marsden style ale or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's where I'm like, ah, I'm nervous about making those beers cause they do look pretty clear when you're done the finished product. I don't, I'm like, we're not equipped for that. So I ah, you can get there. The, you think so? Just yep. Without those tablets and stuff. Yeah. Well, you can get you can get your hands on Whirlflock tabs or at any right. any homebrew supply. So right. I, I would use some Whirlflock, and then if you want to use like a little bit of, of a biofine type product, you certainly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might know somebody who can get their hands on that. Uh, but uh, you'd want to do a like a just a transfer. You know, have your kind of primary fermenting vessel maybe transfer once uh, to let it clear a little bit more in a in a secondary fermenter. Okay. Yeah. And you're, um, as far as like homebrewing, we're, we'll get off this boring topic quickly. Oh, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I find it interesting. Well, so I'm yeah. we're, um, so yeah. like, obviously we're using like five gallon food buckets essentially right mm-hmm. now. That's just, that's just how we're starting. We're not on stainless yeah. steel ones yet. Um, a lot of what I've been seeing is don't use your secondary fermenter. Like don't transfer it. Just leave it all in one. That yes and no. Okay. If you want to get a beer nice and clear and, Sometimes you want to get it off kind of the hop and the and some of the debris that sits in the bottom too. Uh, then you can transfer. If you want to get it clearer, move it. Well, what uh, that's what I'm saying. Like as far as you don't want to mess with it too much. Like if we have a hazy in the tanks right now that I, yep. um, we haven't even dry hopped yet and we should have – we're going to be doing that I think Monday. And we're supposed – the directions say move it to your secondary and we're like let's just leave it in there. Let's just dry hop it and yeah, close yeah, it quickly because I don't yeah. want to expose it too much. Correct. Yeah, you don't want to over-oxidize it. You don't want to risk more contamination. So – Right. You know, you got to make sure your sanitation is really good of the equipment if you're if you're going to transfer it. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a hazy, I don't see a lot of value in transferring it off. Um, but have you dry hopped it at all yet? No, we're going to Monday. We're on schedule for that. Okay. When did you When did you pitch yeast? Uh, I have it written down downstairs. Sorry, uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Interesting. 
So they must, they have you do it a little bit different. They have us on like a six week track, but ours always take like the way, or it's, it's like, it could be done in a minimum of six weeks, but our beers so far have taken longer than that. Yeah. The the slowest thing that you're going to run into typically is going to be carbonating. Naturally carbonating is just super slow. It takes about two weeks. Yeah. We, we, um, uh, the Citra and the regular IPA that we're drinking tonight, we used, uh, tabs but we'll be using priming sugar from here on out. I bought a big batch of priming sugar. Okay. The amber ale was on sugar, and I like that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Easier to work with. Yeah, the sugar, I always did it with sugar, so. Um, I don't know why, but I like on a whim, I, they're like, do you want to add fizz drops? I'm like, sure. I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And now I'm like, never do. Fuck, like, this priming sugar is way easier. Yeah. yeah. And then he <laughs> was freaking sugar. out about it ever since we bottled it. Well, I've been reading all these things online that said they're not good. Yeah. Seriously, he was having panic attacks every night for like weeks. Oh, so we had our two big batches of beer, our first beers that we were excited about, the, the both the IPAs. And I'm like, they're going to be flat. They're, I know it. They're going to be flat. They're going to be terrible. It's just going to be like my Mr. Beer fiasco all over again, which yeah. was. He's not being dramatic. <laughs> well, at least you weren't trying to sell it like the brewery that shall not be named when I went in there, put the order in online, went in there to pick it up the next day, and the guy's like, well, we canned it, but it's flat. It's not good. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, I'm like, well, what about your other hazy? That's eh, not very good either. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, thanks for giving it to me full price. So I guess I'll <laughs> take it home and see how it turns out. Why did you buy them? Yeah. I had already paid for them yeah. online. Online ordering right now is a yeah. big yeah. thing. Yeah. So you know, and it, was five hour, it was five hours away from home. So I was like, well, <laughs> let's yeah, load it up and take it home and. Did you try them? Well, the, the one that he said wasn't good, it was, I mean, it was okay. The other okay. one was flat. <laughs> he didn't okay. lie. Mm-hmm. I think hey, if it we're had better had, than him. We're better than a guy who got a license to do it professionally. <laughs> if Megan. it had, had some fizz to it, it probably would have been good. It just, okay. it was very flat. Yeah. That you sucks. Know, we've run into that too, though. I, I think there must be something about hazies that makes them harder to carbonate. Because uh, we will carbonate it for the typical amount of time we do with another beer. And... They poured it out and they're kegging it, and I'm like, "This is flat." And then, so then we end up having to hook it up to high pressure, but it carbs so much better if you do it with your carb stone in a fermenter. So, when you when you carbonate on a outside of the home brewing scale, you typically force carbonate. Mm-hmm. So it'll be in your fermenter, and then there's this little stone that has tiny pores in, and you push carbon dioxide through that, and it makes tiny little micro bubbles that dissolve easily into the beer, and that's kind of how you essentially carbonate beer. Oh. So. We do that with every single beer, kind of the same amount of time, and our, our last hazy came out much more flat. So I think hazy just in general seemed to not take the carbonation quite as well. Um, and then there's ways, if you recognize the problem when it's in the keg yet, you can fix it. Once it's in a can, there's no fixing it. You don't um, just put them in a can and then sell them to people and tell them they're bad. Yeah, no. No? <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, At no, least no. he was honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Honesty counts for something. Well, yes, it we, does. Uh, well, okay, so like, We'll put them, they're supposed to, we'll, we'll add our priming sugar and then we'll bottle them. And they're supposed to sit in the bottles with the priming sugar and that's what's carbonating it. So yep. if we do like a tester run on one after two weeks, which is usually about how long it takes, if we're like, okay, this they're not good. It's not necessarily over. You could let them sit for another week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not too yeah. worried then. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and naturally carbonating is going to probably be different than forced carbonating because you're going to create 
based on the priming sugar you use, it, it creates a predictable amount of carbon dioxide. And so eventually it'll get into the beer. I think it just doesn't dissolve as well into the beer for some reason. Mm-hmm. At least that's my theory. Are there any other types that have that problem? Not that we've run into. No, it's just been the hazy that, that we've had a harder time carbonating. And we were having, uh, we've been struggling a little bit with our chiller, and we actually replaced our chiller now. So we were having trouble getting beers cold enough, too, which when you force carbonate, you got to get them ice yep. cold. I can give you a suggestion to fix it if it comes out flat. Pour the beer in a glass and then drop in an Alka-Seltzer tab. <laughs> just fine. Genius. <laughs> I, I mean, that is just genius. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick some up for the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to go to Sam's Club. Yeah. <laughs> you want, I got a brewery you could send some to. <laughs> okay, let's make fun of the Sam Braille for a second and then just... Let's drink mine already. It's one. really good. Yeah, it's okay. I like it. It's I not, don't mind it at no, all. It's nothing. Exciting. I've had worse beers. Yeah, yeah but I've, I've never found an amber, <laughs> amber ale that I get excited about. Right, I mean, exactly. they're they're a good, solid, drinkable beer. Like no one's uh, like. But oh, I'm not going to cartwheel down Main w- Street about it. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't wait in Alaskan line for two ale. hours for it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. exactly. Like when the craft beer for the three-month period that they have on tap at Outlaws is Alaskan Amber Ale. I'm like, oh, I would have taken an InBev Goose Island over this. Like, come on, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. nothing to write home about. Let's move on to the IPA. I think this is right. my favorite one. That's what I'm drinking right now. I got a full port. the lighter one. Yeah. Do, do right. my glasses have a yeah, tint? Yeah, you have a tint on your glasses. Okay, you that's why an, my colors don't so look the same as anybody else's. Those... Uh, glasses that were supposed to look like that arrived completely crushed. Oh, so Megan found some of these that fit while we're waiting for this other set to show up. Ah. <laughs> okay, it's good IPA. Is this the one we're going to now? Yeah. What what hops are in these? Uh, this in one's Chinook. Okay. And this one slowly became my favorite of the ones. That we've That's been super good. That's very good. And I want to mess with it. I want to buy it again, and I want to add um, Cascade hops to it too. Okay. I think that would be interesting. What are your thoughts, Adam? <laughs> she she's just not like so, okay. I should say this too. Sorry, before you talk. Um, Megan's a huge part of brewing. She's just mic shy. She doesn't want to talk, but <laughs> she's more than me in this whole operation too. Like she does more. She she's the brewmaster. You're saying basically, and I'm like, what if we? And I'm like the Logan of Stack Deck. I'm like, let's just throw this in, this in, and this in. She's like, no, we're going to follow the instructions on this one. You can buy it again, and then we'll do it your and way. Then you can fuck it up. Well, That's a good pair, though. You got to be that way. You should do it. We have to learn first, and then you can mess around with it. I know. Yep. So th- this is a good IPA. Uh, Chinook hops are going to give you more of that a little bit spicy or kind of a little bit more of a piney flavor. Yeah, I like that. Where I think you guys tend to like more of the citrusy, uh, probably grapefruity type hops. I so, like that too. Yeah. yeah. I like them all. Yeah, I do I like to go back and forth because yeah. like you drink good hazies and citrus IPAs, and then it's like you go back to that piney, punchy in the mouth, hoppy taste. It's like, and oh, man, I love that. I mean, How, how mm-hmm. good was Furious at Clay's when we were pouring right. for the craft beer? We were all done with Surly for a minute. Six months later, we're like, 
a fresh furious we're like man this is good and i remember these and then we left fair state for a minute you know mirror universe beers yeah, yeah it was like that was in like november i think of last year yeah we're yeah. like we just left hazy's for a minute we just drank nothing but west coast ipa i mean this like still like months. the chinook reminds me of <laughs> like when i first got into craft beer and was drinking like the summits yeah, you know, and this is all a single hop beer. There's nothing but the red hooks, you know, the, the straight up IPAs. That and I want to say it's the same, same malt the whole way. It's the same. It's like everything. It's one kind. Whereas like the, the fruit bazooka um, hazy that we have in the tanks right now has multiple malts. It has multiple, tons of different hops in it. It's like it, that one was a, whew, okay. Glad we didn't start with this one. <laughs> 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 a lot of instructions to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, this one this one's got a little more work that your uh, the fruit IPA does. Oh, that one, that one take a bit of work. I thought it was fun. I will say this too, Megan. Like I wanted to do this, and I wanted to include Megan with this. And I buy all the equipment, I get all the stuff, and we're getting going. And it's it's like okay, she's she goes, oh, I'm so glad that you wanted to include me. This is fun. And then she takes over. And then she acts like a mom and a five-year-old. She goes, okay, it's time to add the hops. Do you want to pour them in? <laughs> she was like, okay, Karen. <laughs> do you want me to pour them in or should, or do you want to do it? I mean, I know why you don't include me in things. I get it. But also, like, I don't. No, but I'm happy that we're doing this. Okay, I got to say... <laughs> At one point, though, you're like, no, aren't we doing this part? And you were like three steps ahead of where we were supposed to be. You got to have one person read the directions. You can't both just drink the whole time. Hey, I'll drink beer. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She'll have a beer, and I have like four beers when we're done brewing. That's right. <laughs> it takes about right. three hours to like, get something done, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy who opens the buckets because the grommeted lids are hard for her. Yeah, I do need him for that. <laughs> Wait till she realizes there's a tool out there for that, and then you'll be. I know. I know. Then you'll be gone. The next time we place an order, I always try to add extra things that we don't have, little accessories. That's next time. Then you'll be gone. Yeah, I guess. I still need to put the caps on the bottles, so keep them around for a while. Anyways, I I got a remedy for that too. (laughs) You'll be able to do it on your own in no time. (laughs) We should be calling it Meg Brew instead of Tim Brew. It's Yeah. yeah. It's I'm it's sorry. true you should it's true you should. So when you do this again, yeah, it's really good. I think you should don't don't ditch Chinook, blend it. No, that's what do, I said. Yeah, I do Chinook ask. and Cascade. Yeah. I think they'll blend really well together. Oh, ask him about your C thing. Oh, what? Oh yeah. So okay, I'm always googling stuff and just like trying to learn about like homebrewers forums and stuff. Are all the the hops that start with C compatible with each other? Pretty much. Chinook, Cascade, Centennial, Citra. I drink. I drink a kind of Columbus too. Would probably fit in there. Joe Bed made a Seven Seas. Yeah, it was seven hops, all started with C. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I actually had a beer that I can't remember where I was at, but I bought it at MGM. I'm pretty sure. And they did the same thing. Do you have any of the other, the last Pilsner podcast beer around here? No, I don't have any of that. I don't. I got a couple at home. I should have brought one along tonight. It was interesting. It was too much. It was too many hops in there. Okay. Junkyard had a beer called uh, It Slaps, and we always say it fucks. Yeah. He's a doctor. We had our our beer maker at the time make us a beer that said it, it fucks. And he goes, I got a beer for F. 
for U, for C, for C, for K, for K, for S, for He just started like adding, respelling the word. Yeah, random <laughs> And one of them was a was an experimental op, so it was like the U was universal X one two seven two eight. Just like what? <laughs> so that'll be like that's what like the strata was three years ago. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I didn't oh, mind Adam. it either. After two of them, I was fine. <laughs> we should. I should have just told him just spell out fucks, right? Mm-hmm. But I told him let's not be so in your face. So let's spell fucks differently. So he just yeah. You guys are being real subtle about it. it. We I'm glad you did that. H U X. Oh, I could have done that too. Yeah. Okay. Next time. Shoot. Next year. Easier. So I'm thinking about like, okay. When, like, we all say that we like strata hops on the show, that's no secret. Yep. At what point in the brewing process are the hops, like, featured the most? So, like, should we be adding strata during the main boil when we got 10 minutes left, or should we be dry hopping? What brings out the most flavor of the hops? You're going to want it in, in, well, dry hopping and then the last 30 minutes of your boil. Okay. So, you, you're going to get. Some of it's going to be flavor hops, some of it's going to be aroma hop, and then the dry hop is going to be really that kind of hop forward flavor. So if you want to get a lot of that, the citrusy element uh, of strata hops, that's that's where you want to get it. You want to do a ton of dry hopping and probably late edition uh, type hop. Okay. So I'm thinking um, I have uh, we have an Imperial, one of the hazies downstairs, and what I want to do is replace all the hops except for the mosaic and the um, – and the citra and then i want to add uh, a bunch of strata and then right at the last 10 minutes i want to throw in i got a pound of lactose down there too we're gonna make a milkshake strata milkshake strata hazy ipa (laughs) i don't see any problem with it that sounds really really good right now you're gonna put musk melon in there no Everything else is in it. Why not? So that's my idea right now. Yeah. And I bought all the equipment, and Megan is just like rolling her eyes. She's like, "I don't want lactose in it." Yeah. See, I like the I, lactose. I feel like what it's I, a cop out, but maybe I should talk to a brewer before talking like that. Well, I, if you really want to feature like the the strata hops, then I, I would I would then I would probably do one without lactose. But there's nothing wrong with doing a milkshake IPA. Uh, you just got to decide yeah. if you want that to be the one that you, your you're using your favorite. Was great. Yep. It was really good. Immunity, yeah. I think. Yep. yep. Yeah, that, that was, was really good. That was Aaron's we've recipe. Had, we've had four or five of them here, like just driving through. I'm like, oh, sweet. I can't believe they still yeah. have this because your blood orange sold out around the same time. Oh. Yeah. That Word one must have got out. Just sold like that. And then we actually rebrewed it again in our bigger fermenter. Yeah. Were people we scared of milkshakes or something? Or like they hadn't heard of it or what? I'm like, how is this not, how is it still here every time I go there? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think <laughs> just because it, it ends in IPA, people are a little more hesitant. Um, but. It's it's gone. It's long gone now. The blood I think, orange I think is people get scared of the if they're not used to craft beers, the milkshake part is going to scare them off too. Yeah, because I know when like when Dangerous Man was throwing out milkshakes left and well they still are, but when that was kind of the the big new hate craze, we would I would bring them around to like family gatherings and stuff, and like my family that are you know Coors Light drinkers would just their eyes would pop out of their head at the thought of a milkshake beer. You know, they expected you to pour it out in it for it to look like a strawberry shake. Yeah, you know? they think it's going to be True. thick. I, right. That's what I envisioned when the first time I heard it. Obviously, I knew it wasn't, but I'm like, what is it, though? And then Andy brought some here from Portage. 
That was the first milkshake IPA I'd ever had. And I'm like, oh, man. It had that guava in it. And, yeah, I'm still yeah. thinking about that. They burned down and replaced <laughs> themselves since then. I don't think they brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one was Aaron's recipe, and that was that beer was really, really good. Well, props to him. That was, For sure. I really like that one. I, yeah. Whose good. recipe was the blood orange? That one's mine. Oh, that one. Good job. Yeah. Yes. That, that one's my favorite. That and the goals are my two favorite that, that are my recipes, I think, right now anyway. Okay. But, and when the mango came out, you know, the other reason the mango lasted as long as it did, it was right around the same time we had the, the blood orange, the goza, and the mango. So we had like three fruit beers all at the same time. It was so my I, kind of brewery. For that allowed it to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, what are we? This is almost embarrassing. That's all we do is make fruit beers. But. So, so did all your breweries get together uh, like sometime this winter and said, hey, the, this spring we're, we're all going to release mango beers? Because everyone was released. Right now. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Mango is very hot right Were now. Were you guys yeah. like on a mass email or something? Or? <laughs> was there a surplus of it so mangoes were cheap to buy? I think, I think everybody got, well, it's, it's the time of year. Yeah. Uh, but I think everybody gets, you get bored eventually with peach. Yeah. And I don't like strawberry. I love strawberries, but I don't like strawberry beers all that much. I'm had, finding that out too. Yeah, I've had yeah. one yeah. strawberry beer that I've liked, and I've had like 10 strawberry beers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, you know, you can kind of tell when you mix, if you, put like strawberries in water they kind of taste like dirt you know like i like a lime and water i mean even kiwi and water something tastes good you put strawberry in water and i think it tastes like dirt um and i think that's what kind of happens in the beer uh, to some degree so it's it's really sure. tricky to get it to Do you eat dirt? sweet enough <laughs> i used to i'm sure <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Go ahead. I just had to. <laughs> Thanks for hey, that. Adam, yeah. Adam, Adam Winnish, do you uh, eat a lot of paint chips at a kid, as a kid? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> He's just got his best in his building downtown. Just stumbled through that Tommy Boy line. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so that's why I don't really love strawberry, but I think I think it was kind of time of year and people were a little bored with peach and come out and with a milkshake IPA mango pairs with it really, really well. So, and every, I mean, every brewer watches every other brewer and you like see something that one does and you're like, Oh, that sounds really good. And apparently a whole bunch of other people thought of the same thing at the same time. Right. uh, Next thing you know, you're all kind of coming out with the same, but it's pretty much a copycat industry. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at trends for sure. Looking at trends and then everybody's a little different because you start from scratch on a recipe. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you just start with whatever you're going to use for a base grain and you kind of add your specialty grains and hops to it. So they're all other than the fruit, they're all different. And the majority of brewers use very, there's a very limited number of fruit suppliers. So the fruit you're going to get to add to it are going to be very, very similar, but the beers that they're in are all quite different. What are you doing with your goals? Anything special this summer? Uh, nothing on the, no big no plans yet. Cucumber or anything like that? Oh my God. I, you're as bad as Judd. You guys are going to make me crazy. <laughs> do it. Just, just do it. Oh, oh just man. Asking. That's, that's my favorite way to have a go is lime cucumber. I agree. Really? I don't, They're good. I, ha- I hate cucumber, but for some reason, yeah, I'm with you. As far as beer goes, cucumber lime, for sure. I have not tried one of those. Urban South did one that you brought yeah. back. That was We've delicious. had it twice now since you've been there. Yeah. Yep. You're wearing their hat, too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be hard because you can actually, 
when I made the recipe for the cranberry goza, I made a goza that I'd like to drink with or without fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we added the, we fruited it. So you could pretty easily substitute the fruit without much difficulty and end up with a very similar base beer and change it completely. That cucumber lime, huh? I look into it. Got to, got to, got to look into it. Don't, don't, I can don't, see, I can see it. Don't heighten the cucumber, heighten the lime. But <laughs> yeah, sixty forty on the lime side. <laughs> <laughs> on a salty beer like that, I can see it tasting yeah. kind of good with cucumber, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the urban salt one has sea salt in it too, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yes, yeah. there's a lot of beers that do sea salt too now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just weird. Yeah, it's weird. All right, let's move on to my last one that, or to Megan and I's last one, the, the citra, citra, the Citra that Megan likes. This one delicious. The best. I think it's okay. I'm a more of a fan of the IPA, of the Chinook IPA so far. I I, I prefer the Citra over the IPA. Yeah, I mean, to each his own, man. <laughs> I prefer the IPA. No, I mean, this is very good, too, but I do like the other one. I slammed the IPA. I don't even go for the yellow caps. (laughs) But can definitely taste the citra. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So this is the first beer that we brewed because we were the most excited about this one. The Kama Citra Session IPA. We didn't gravity test any of these. We have the equipment. We just don't know how to use it. And um, We do. We just don't do it. Okay. <laughs> it should be clocking in at roughly 5.5%, something like that. But So we followed the instructions to a T, and we were transferring it to the secondary fermenter. And when we first opened that bucket up, and it's our first beer, we're like, oh, my God, it smells amazing. Like, it smells like citrus beer. Something is happening that's correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were so excited because I failed so hard on a Mr. Beer kit like four years ago. <laughs> like the beer we all beer. remember that, Tim. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That was a, The podcast was around back then. Yeah. 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 So you're you're always years better ago. off going with the homebrew stores. Oh, you wouldn't even let us drink it. Better. It was terrible. Yeah. It, it had no carbonation to it. That's all. So, okay, I want to Oh, so they were selling it in Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) The Citra one, looking at the hops that are in there, could you add Strata to that one? Mm Mm-hmm. Because we have one down there, right? You could easily... Oh, yeah, there's one of the tanks right now fermenting fermenting right now. Yeah, you could easily sub out just the Citra even at Flame Out, and you could do it and sub out both the dry hops and just go Citra or the Strata at Flame Out and the Strata for the dry hopping. Like how much would you put... I was going to say, question. We have five gallons down there right now, and let's say I don't have a scale and I don't want to split up anything that I open. Mm -hmm. Can I just dump eight ounces in the dry hop of Strata for five gallons of beer, though? So half of them do it. Well, yeah, you absolutely can. The more you dry hop, the the hazier it's going to get. It doesn't like at some point just become like four pounds. Like you're wasting it. Is the same as eight. Like it's not going to make it any different. There is a point. Yeah. So you're going to maximize it at flavor. There's a certain point at which you kind of max out on what flavor you're going to get from it. And then after that, you're just going to mostly add haze. Um, So by, by just doubling it. No, I don't think you're going to be there. I don't think you'd be overdoing it. Um, you could bump up. This isn't very bitter. No, not at all. Even um, her parents had it this weekend, and they're not. Uh, her dad does not like IPAs, and he was like, "Yeah, I can handle this." Because normally he'll be like, "Yuck," to a to a bitter IPA. He actually liked yep. the Citra. Yeah, that's what he I'm didn't saying. Like the other that's one. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. I would. Yeah, I think you could increase the the flame out hops with that ten minute hop stand. 
and you could even up that to like 15 minutes for a hop stand before mm-hmm. you cool it and then add the rest on the dry hop and it, it depends when you want to add it so add a second fermenter one to two weeks before bottling so if you want it to haze we'll talk about that later but i would add it between 48 and 72 hours after pitching yeast oh interesting so we're getting right back into that thing a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and you can do you can do two dry hop additions. Um, I mean, you can do more than that too, uh, but I like to add one between kind of forty eight and seventy two hours while the the do you have fermentation is still. At, uh, brewery? I don't need a paycheck. I you're just hired. Come. Yeah, yeah. Come on in. <laughs> come on over. Brewing by yourself gets boring, so we're glad to have you anytime. Uh, if you're bored, you tell us, and we'll invite you over. But you can both come. Well, that's interesting because the other night Tim was talking about if he ever got to come brew with you or watch or whatever, he's like, you're just going to have to let me go that night. And I said, is there any part of you that thinks I would maybe want to go? <laughs> he animal was, baby. He was like he never that thought animal. of that. <laughs> I got All right. Adam's on the boat. year old daughter. Yeah, so. yeah perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Good well, we know how that's going to go. <laughs> and, but, yeah, for sure you guys can come over sometime and do it with us. But So on a hazy, I generally like to dry hop probably at 48 to 72-hour range, somewhere in there. Uh, it's just after kind of high krausen or sort of the peak activity of the yeast during the, during fermentation. Um, and that's when you get some of those hop oils in that will interact with the yeast and, and get those uh, polyphenols and other proteins that are going to make that haze. Um and then you can do, then you let it kind of finish fermenting. And like a day after it finishes fermenting, I'll usually do like a second dry hop addition. Crazy. And then we let it sit on that oh two to three days. And then we crash and keg. How, um, okay, so this is another stupid question, but like we're getting our stuff shipped to us. So we're using a lot of dry yeast right now. Yep. How do you guys just get liquid yeast going? Like how do you get that, a bulk supply of it, cold, everything? We're almost all dry. Okay. Yeah. So part of i mean it all come it our lactobacillus and stuff like that for the sours mm-hmm. that comes cold so yeah we th- it showed up and we're like because we thought we had ordered dry yeast on the side and we're like the fuck is this like we didn't order this and we're yeah. like, oh that comes with it because you need it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yep you got it you have to uh you got to have somebody home if you're getting a cold delivery like a cold uh, liquid yeast dropped off but Liquid yeast are fine. You just got you got to oxygenate your wort mm-hmm. uh, before you pitch it. So that and you can buy like those. They look like little propane things for a blowtorch mm-hmm. um, of oxygen. You can you can oxygenate your wort fairly easily if you're going to use the uh, a liquid yeast. And you can get way more creative and have more fun with the liquid yeast. But dry yeast has worked really really well for us. And uh, you know there's about eight different ones that we use. And just like the O5. Yep, USO5, there's SO4, yep. um, K97 uh, for lagers, like a, there's a, a um, 3470 that we use a ton. So we use all the same ones that you could get commercially real easy. Yeah, we just get them in a very small packet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a layman's question. So you keep talking about the dry hopping, and I gravitate to, to double dry hop beers mm-hmm. so when they when it's a double dry hop is that you're just doing that at two separate times or is it double the amount at one one time or either or probably either or no. tech i don't know the technical answer if okay. there's a but mostly i think it 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 probably refers to the number of dry hop additions okay. and not just the amount okay but, 
but yeah, you suppose you could justify using the name. Either way. To. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that it's technically defined. Um, it's just kind of one of those loose advertising terms. But, yeah. But yeah. It's like uh, hazy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Now we use, so on, on hazies, we'll do maybe two dry hop editions, but the other beers that we dry hop are usually just one single okay. dry hop edition. And it's usually after the fermentation is complete, uh, except in hazies. All right. Um, Adam, what beer do you want to feature? Do you want to do your porter, your sour? your? Well, which one do you guys want to start with? I brought the uh, lemon shandy, uh, the cranberry goza, and a peanut butter porter. Yes. I vote um, <laughs> porter, <laughs> shandy, cram. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's do the, yeah, yeah. Porter, shandy. Goes yep. and goes. Yep. yep. I'll be right back. Let's do it. All right. Grab them all and work our way Did through. Did you leave them. the mics on? Yeah. Oh, oh, you're still recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And you guys had asked before how I got into brewing, and then we got in the, the wine tangent. But yeah. um, I started wine uh, and sat wine for a while, and then we ran into the uh, 30 bottles of wine dilemma and switched over to beer. And I started basically just like you guys are with an extract extract kits with uh, right. grains in a bag uh doing it on my kitchen stove and boiling over frequently because we were usually drinking while we were brewing uh <laughs> which is a disaster and hey, it's a i haven't dis- done that yet so um smarter than a doctor maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more attentive for sure <laughs> at least at least when yeah. he's drinking did you, you grab the wrong one yeah. no i just wanted to say have you ever brewed with techno whatever the fuck that is nope <laughs> i don't even know what that is <laughs> oh my god I'm sorry. I know I'm not smarter than you. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I do. Life is. I'm not. <laughs> Interesting. So you said that you got into the Surly Furious a while back again. Uh, last weekend, Chris and I went out to Sioux Falls, supposedly just for a little bit and ended up being overnight. Uh, we found a rooftop bar and the only IPA they had on tap was Todd the Axeman. Mm-hmm. So I tied into that pretty well Friday night and hadn't had it in a long time but man was it good so it, it is good well it's not yeah, I just, uh, yeah Todd is super good but man you get in trouble if you drink a ton of that yeah we yeah. we had a or I had a handful Chrissy was drinking the line of Kugels but then we changed spots and then I ended up drinking the Grapefruit Supreme from Surly and I hadn't had it before, but it was, I thought it was really good, but maybe it's because I'd had, you know, seven or eight Todds before that. Um, no, I find that, like, um, beers that I normally, beers that I normally wouldn't like, um, you have, like, eight of something else beforehand. Like, even seltzers taste good. <laughs> I've, I've tried our seltzer oh. one time. <laughs> One yeah. time. You've had your seltzer one once, time. Once, once. And it was one flavor in a five-ounce taster. Okay. Uh, and Did, that's... Didn't and do it for I actually, I actually really... It's, it's really good. It's just, I mean, they're really refreshing, so to speak. But I still... When I go up there, I just want beer. Can you finish? Oh, so, Adam, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you started with wine, went to extract more? kits. No, 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 yep. Then all grain kits. Then, yep. Then we went to all grain. Then a bigger... Yep. Yeah, and we went from five gallon right to the current system. Okay. So yeah, five gallon, five gallon brewing kits is where we started, and you know the extract kits 
like you're using work great for not have if you don't want to have all the bigger equipment mm-hmm. or more equipment and you can get really good five gallon all grain equipment too it's just a matter of how much you want to that's on. that's what i'm excited about what jumping does to is your cousin have uh he's all grain but he, d- he does kegging and everything like that i don't know but what he has like a machine right oh one of those electro like i'm not sure if he's 220 or 120 but it, it's like basically all in one mm-hmm. and i've seen a lot of those like a know. spike brewing system or something it's not spike and I mean, that's, uh, man, I've looked at Spike a lot lately, but <laughs> from like when we, when we first foray into it, I'm like, I don't want to be on the construction site Rubbermaid system. Like yeah. if we're going to make the jump, let's just do it. Get some steel shit going. But yeah, Spike seems to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how this whole thing started was a Spike system that we were going to buy and it steadily uh, metastasized into a three barrel system <laughs> i'm starting to think you guys are not remodeling your basement for bedrooms you're making a brewery in your basement aren't you <laughs> well, just part of it <laughs> the problem is right now no but i'm so excited to get our basement remodeled because we get to build a real actual bar down there and put a kegerator in were you hauling she, supplies that? home today at noon for your house i met you on the road somewhere <laughs> i don't remember what i was doing but yeah, yeah. two by four in the cab it went back into the box. Oh no, no, that was a two by ten. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I hauled that really long sucker because I had a window. It was a whole thing. I laughed. I'm like, that's one long board. It's in the cab and in the box. Oh, it's with the window that opens yes, up one of those through the systems. slider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a, I had to haul a, a whole egress window system, and I was the only one available. And I'm like, all our trucks were tied up except for that little pickup. Okay. I'm like, okay. Who cares? It's an 03 beater truck. I thought shove her through. It was sitting on the dash, and I held it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, it was at noon, so I thought it was. It your, was. It your was supplies. It was. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Right before the, yeah, right before lunch. <laughs> we are making a room for our daughter, but if there's a brewery, no. Okay, fine. Like I was saying, I was. I'm excited because we're gonna have a. We're gonna have like actual beer on tap downstairs. We're gonna get a kegerator system, and I'm gonna build a draft tower through the countertop bar so we'll have two taps hopefully with two like half barrel kegs you should call this episode getting ahead of ourselves (laughs) (laughs) and megan gave me permission to when we the plumbing's already down there when we put the bathroom in guys drum roll please a door on the bathroom we're getting a urinal (laughs) yes (laughs) urinal for the studio And she said, I, I don't care. I think that was her exact reaction. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> as long as there's ice in it. <laughs> I'll do that for you. I'll put muskmelon in it for Corey. <laughs> 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 All right, let's talk about this porter. Yeah, tell oh us about this one. <laughs> so this is, a, this is another one of Aaron's recipes. Uh, Aaron and Judd were kind of working on it together. Um, I never care for peanut butter beers. So I ordered the peanut butter. It's, it's a, uh, it, it's a concentrate. Stuff is super potent. Okay. Like if you taste it just plain, it's horrible. Uh, it's of extremely concentrated. Peanut butter? Yes. Yep, okay. yep. It's a peanut butter liquid. You do not need much at all, um, and it gives a super strong peanut butter flavor. You do it in the in the keg, obviously. I don't remember how much is in there, but it's not much for for each keg. Um, and then it was Aaron's porter recipe, just a, a pretty standard porter recipe. So this is believe. the first time you guys have done this one, then? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's very good. I like yes. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron does a, a really good job in these dark beers. And he does a good job in the other beers too, but I don't touch many of the dark beers. 
um, other than the coffee stout. The uh, one time that we talked to him, which was on the show, it seemed like that was his vibe was the dark lagers and the, you know, all the stouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he likes doing a little, uh, I mean, he'll do a little bit of everything, but I tend to do more of the, the fruit and the lighter beers. It's just because what I feel, I can tell which ones I like there. I don't have a great palate for the darker beers, so... Um, so he's kind of just taking that on almost out of necessity to some degree. Has uh, that expanded at all? Like, like, okay, so I didn't like anything dark when I first started drinking beers, and now I can drink stouts, and I haven't been, like, since you guys have known me, I haven't been able to do that, and that just happened within the last couple of months. Yes, growing up. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, does it does it change at all for you? Like, does this ease you into it? Like, I found some beers like Mankato's Leaf Raker, a nut brown ale, ease me into yeah. Darker beers. Yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, there's always kind of, you know, we kind of use our eye candy that way to, as to take people who just drink a standard domestic and get them to go to something with hops. Yep. And the eye candy's worked really well for that because it's primarily dry hopped. So you get the really hop forward. That's the blonde ale, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's the eye candy blonde. And, um, <laughs> that name just clicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frequently, people ask, "Why isn't it sweeter?" It's like, yeah, you're missing a little bit of that. Uh, but yeah, that that's our bridge beer. So that's the one where you kind of try to get people used to that hop forward, or just the at least the uh, kind of aroma hop, uh, and to appreciate them a little bit. And then we move kind of from there into something that's a little bit more adventurous. And the same way, like a, a non-dark beer drinker, they tend to be. You get them to like the darker beers a little bit, like the peanut butter porter or the the coffee stout. Mm-hmm. And that one, it's a coffee milk stout, so it's even a little bit more palatable um, for non-stout drinkers. But yeah, I have a hard time. If you give me like a mediocre stout or really good stout, then I have a hard time. You know, a stout to me is either drinkable or I don't like it at all. Okay. Um, so I'm not a great great judge of stouts or, you know, one porter to the next Peanut butter stouts, there's a lot of places doing it, but to me, they're either really good or they're awful. Like, we did that one from, was it the Horny Goat peanut butter porter? they're terrible. That one was bad. Almost everything they do is bad. Um, That I've had. That I've had. I've had like 10 of their beers. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Lupulin is known for their peanut butter porter, too, and and that that one's really good, but that's about the only, that one and this one. In the Dangerous Man. Dangerous Man. You got to mention that. Dangerous Man has one, too. They're kind of like the OGs. Yeah. They were the first ones to do it, but this, I, this is great. Where did the conspiracy theory name come from? <laughs> I think it has has to do with the, well, I know it has to do with the coronavirus. Oh, okay. And, and some of the, I mean, I'm much less of a conspiracy theorist than some <laughs> other people. Uh, it's, all, it's all a Democrat hoax, so uh, oh, that's kind of where it came really? from. That's what, that's what they're saying? Right. No, it's just kind of, it's either making fun of it or... Oh, okay. It's okay, sort okay. of uh, acknowledging it, maybe. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, I think that's where it came from. And we kind of used as many names as we could revolving around that. Okay. I mean, yeah. It's it was clearly, I mean, a huge change in everything that we did uh, with that shutting us down, switching everything to off sale, and uh, yeah, your crawler machine was getting some laps on it. Oh man, yeah, and that thing was not designed to do four thousand cans a month <laughs> by any means. Wow! You should call your next beer it. N95. Oh, that's a good idea. You shouldn't name the bad beer that. That <laughs> so you know which one it is. <laughs> yeah. You can avoid it. Well, and we've noticed too. We we're at or Tim and I were talking that you guys went to the 
individualized labels for each beer mm-hmm. now too, as opposed to the yeah with the marker. Is that going to stick around now too, or was that just for the off sale only period? You no, know, I, I think it'll probably stick around. They're not much more expensive, right. and uh, the, the lady who makes the kind of the logos for us on our taps, mm-hmm. uh, she makes these labels for us, oh. and it saves a ton of time when they can the crawlers because they don't have to handwrite on the name every single time. I mean, right. yeah. It's you would not believe how long it takes to fill out those labels. Right. No, I, I, I can imagine. Like, what did we do? We did. Oh man, I did something where I had to sign. Oh yeah, Christmas cards at work every year. We send them out to everybody. You have to sign your name like six hundred times in a row. Mm-hmm. And you get them from all the other stores, so it's like a whole bunch of names. So and you know you're gonna send it off to the other store. So I'm the only one who makes a flip book of my name that goes in circles. <laughs> Every time they're flipping through, they're seeing, like, my name is jumping around and around and around. One person noticed it in the last couple of years. And I'm like, finally! And I quit doing that. <laughs> so my the last company I worked for, I had to act as my own secretary. So I was, there were days where I was literally signing my name on letters and checks, like, you know, 100 times a day. So that my signature completely evolved just in like one summer from now I could be a doctor like somebody else in the room with as messy as my signature is from having to do it so often all the time. Oh, we got fighting words there. No, there is a reason doctor's handwriting is messy and that is it. (laughs) We just sign and sign and sign and then sign some more. And then we think we're done signing and they bring us another pile of stuff to sign. And then you just say F it. Yeah, it gets uglier and uglier as yeah. the day goes on, and, yeah. and based on your level of importance to apply to it, <laughs> the <laughs> signature is also <laughs> it tends to degrade. I was Not putting hearts in your signature, and <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think they can usually tell my mood. There's like an angry signature, annoyed signature, and then uh, I was always impressed. Signature. Like 20 years ago, when prescriptions were all handwritten. At the ability of pharmacists to be able yeah. to read what the yeah. doctor scribbled out on that pad. Yeah, that, that was a unique talent. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to talk about this beer for one more second here. Um, you were saying that they get the peanut butter concentrate. Mm-hmm. I've been reading on, um, I was looking at considering getting a porter kit and using dry peanut butter, mm-hmm. the PB2 stuff, yep. conditioning it on that. Yeah, I don't think that'd be you any think, issue. Yeah, I wonder if that would work. Okay, just throwing that out there. Because I wanted to make a peanut butter porter, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. so you just can't buy peanut butter and throw it in there? Well, you probably can. You can, you can do anything you want. It's just a matter of how much crap and oil is going to end up in there and then how much you contaminate it. Cause and my God, the sludge when we're bottling it, too. Like, holy crap. We we brought um, when we bottled two beers on one day, and the, I, the Chinook IPA, we got like... We got about a little over two cases worth, and the mm-hmm. Citra, the system was so jammed that we had like 36 bottles of it. We were done. I'm like, there's so much beer left in here. It just won't go through the thing, and I don't want to touch it, like, you know, or anything. Like, we just tossed it. Yep, and that's... It sucked. Yeah, that's one of the biggest issues. Is, we bought some bags and everything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the biggest Bash thing cards. when you're doing, like, the homebrew stuff, if you have one that has a ton of hops in it, the more hops you have in it, the more... Uh, trube and junk you're gonna have at the bottom is that like what do they call that like spent or what's it? uh typically trube is what we call it okay but what but that shit that you like throw out at the end of the at, like when you're done bottling or done kegging or whatever what's that stuff called in the bottom of the fermenter yeah um i don't know trube okay. sludge <laughs> sludge crap 
thought there was a name for it. Okay. I just thought there was. Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's going to be a mix of yeast and hops. Okay. And yeah, yeah. It's ba- I mean, we, we call it dropping trube. Is okay. what we typically say when we drop that out of the bottom of the fermenter. I call um, it. It's going to end up on my lawn shortly. Yeah, I take a hose, I spray it out, and I just dump it on my lawn. Yep, that's a perfect thing to do with it. Right. It's natural, right? Yep, like, it is. No, nope, it's all good. It's probably going to be the greenest grass on your lawn. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. I always wonder if the neighbors think we're doing something weird because Co- it's like cooking meth. We'll be in the garage, you know, on like a, one of those burners, and we'll have like a little bit of the garage open, and we're just like light fire cooking meth. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're in Wait. a small rural town. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I bought math. I bought a wort chiller um, at first. You know, like yep. I have it downstairs. We've never used it because we're not equipped to hook it up. I found out. Oh really? Yeah, like our sink over there has like a big wide spigot. You can't even come close to hooking it up. So we're just using ice baths. Okay. It sucks. Yeah, it goes so much faster if and you our, hook it up. Our ice maker is this big so we like bought a bunch of, or we got a bunch of ice trays and we like the day before brew day we line up our ice trays we get everything going like because dropping that temp oh my god it takes forever yeah. you know they sell like 20 pound bags of ice for like four dollars a block and a half away from you right <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> and we learned from you too you were talking about the using ro water yep yeah we just straight up buy gallons of water every time purified That's water sleepy eye water's yeah. gross isn't it I remember I worked over there and they told me don't drink it. Oh, it's better. I mean, I think it's better now. Okay. But yeah, we don't. There's too much. Uh, there's too much bicarb in it to to brew with it. I shouldn't say it's gross. That's mean. But yeah. just not ideal for. It's not ideal for brewing. No, yes. at all. We use all. It's our all our water, and then we add back, uh, add back um, different minerals, and it's just a few different salts. Yeah, that it's it's not much. It's not anything too fancy. Please don't take offense to that if you're from Sleepy Eye. <laughs> don't worry, we're not too we're not too passionate about the two uh, listeners over um, there. I don't think care. Also, <laughs> going, going back a little bit, if anybody's brewing meth, it's the neighbors across the street. So I don't think anybody's worried about us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that yeah. whole block. <laughs> it's uh, like the told us when we were training for the first responders it's not a matter of if you go to a OD it's a when in our nice little rural communities we live in mm-hmm. yeah that is one of the worst drugs well that killed the conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs. Meth? <laughs> but they're so meth? good. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys talking about meth? <laughs> Just don't do meth. Hell of a drug. Hell of a drug, you guys. Hell of a drug. Hell of a time. Oh, man. Like, I can tell you guys. Nope, just no. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sometimes I just inject toilet bowl cleaner, though. <laughs> that kills coronavirus. You just turned your mic nope. off. I heard it snap. That was me. Oh. <laughs> Holy damn! Like dude. what I just said. I just thought I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. I'm inspired. This is really good. Let's talk about it. So is this the shandy? Yep. Yeah. So this is this is a Judd recipe as well. Damn him! Right. What, what's your recipe? <laughs> goes coming up. up. Yeah. Goes is mine. Uh, goes is mine. Blood orange is mine. But yep, this was a. It's kind of a a pretty like a. A fairly bland uh, wheat beer base, and then yeah, it's sweetened with with 
essentially lemonade concentrate. You you can uh, definitely. It's not overpowering, but it doesn't. I don't know. There's something about like the big shandies that don't do much for me. Like Line and Kugels, I'm not. Sorry, Chrissy, I'm not a big fan of them. I know she likes. She has every right to like them. I just don't. But every craft beer shandy that I drink is really good. Like Bauhaus short pants is really good. This is better than that. Who made lemon drop? Talking waters. There we go. That, that was, was really good. good too. This is good. Yeah, it's something about. I think the craft brewers that do it better. The charming shandy from. Urban Salt was super good, too. Charming Wit? Well, they did Charming Shandy. and So the Charming Wit was their wheat beer, and then when they would add the lemonade to it, that it was Charming Shandy. This does just taste like... It tastes like lemonade, right? That's kind of like yeah. what it was. It's yeah. so good. A friend of mine was mixing it with Jameson. <laughs> you could definitely yeah. do that, yeah. Well, yeah. So, how, that so <laughs> how annoying is it when this is the type of beer I would give to somebody and a non-craft beer drinker would say... You know they're curious, so they're they're trying it, and I'm I'm kind of steering them through, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, I could have just one of these." How much does that annoy you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't let that bother me. <laughs> you, you just right. can't, um, because there's no. I can't drink a full peanut butter porter. No way. I'm not drinking 25 ounces. If I open one, if I don't have someone to split it with, there's no way that's going down. Damn that Minnesota off-sale rule for breweries, huh? Imagine if you could sell it in a 12-ounce can. Oh, yeah. Uh, brewery. yeah. That is true. It's particularly for the guys who can mass-produce 12-ounce cans. Well, or well, that, too. that yep. too. That too. Yep. But. Yeah. For us, uh, I think Kelly would quit if he had to put any more, if he had to seem any more cans. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy had seemed so many cans in the last few months. This is not what I signed up for. No, no, it's not what anybody <laughs> signed up for. It is miserable, but but the support is there though. That's great. Yeah, support support is awesome. Uh, and I heard on like a f- podcast you guys did a, a month or so ago. You, like I wonder what it take to get it in clays, and um, I think you might have said that. That's why we don't get it down in clays. And we actually couldn't even keep up. We were going through more beer. Is there a different licensing? That's what we thought. I think yes. someone someone speculated. They said well, on the, to that answer. I think I asked that actually. Yep. Yeah, there is. So you got to have a different license to distribute. Jesus government. So yeah. So we can only sell to consumers, and we can only sell in sixty-four or twenty-five ounce. Mm-hmm. So um, when you containers. guys, I noticed on your like social media pages, you guys are doing the deliveries to certain towns. Yep. Or you have been. Yep. So when you're doing that, is that direct to consumer also? Yep. People are that's just customers coming to meeting you at a set location or, or you're going to their house or whatever however you're doing it. Yep. You're not going and distributing then to say liquor stores in Minneapolis. No, not at all. So, so we do, we would sell it. They'd actually purchase it online okay. uh, through our online store and then we delivered it typically to the house or if we weren't going to that specific town or suburb, they would meet us somewhere. Is it different for going through a distributor or if you would want to distribute yourself like some of the smaller breweries do or mm-hmm. just distribution to distribution, you got to abide by them certain rules yeah there's a there's a set of rules you got to be you get inspected differently by both the ag and the department of ag i believe or you got to have adequate uh, basically processes for canning uh and then the distributing part there's all of the minnesota laws that have to do with the three-tier system Mm -hmm. and i don't understand them all uh, or know what they are because we we hate to own adventure there at all. So we basically just try to make sure we do anything that we do. If we don't know, it's okay for sure. 
we run it by the AGE and they've been really good about saying, yep, you can do that. No, you can't. Um, but basically it can only leave our door direct to consumer, the 750 ml cans or 64 ounce growlers and cannot drink those on premises. Right. And you can't open them up when you walk out the door. We had, we had that problem that had to be addressed once or we had a food truck and people thought they could grab a crawler and then go outside and open it and say, you can't do that. You're getting us in trouble. <laughs> right. So with, um, let, let's say that, uh, they find a vaccine, COVID ends, uh, or the, the scares, whatever the times we're in right now come to an end. Um, we can all, everybody can go to your tap room. We can all party there now. Has this changed anything as far as like your online ordering? Do you guys think you're going to be using this in the future? Like for ready for pickups or anything like that? Or is it just like, nope. Okay. Let's go back to how it was when we started. Yeah. That, that's interesting. I, I don't know for sure what we'll do because you know, we didn't do any off sale prior to shutting down the tap room. Uh, yeah. We, we hadn't done any and it, and it was strictly a, a beer volume thing yep. uh, that for us to, to produce more than about 12 kegs a week is, is really, really hard. Uh, I mean, we can put out a little bit more than that, but it, it's tough if we want to log or any uh, in order to keep up. So if we continue with, uh, and we're able to keep up and we can continue doing crawlers, I think we'll keep the online sales system. I know we will on the coffee side for sure. Cause for coffee, it's really convenient. We can just set them out on the front table people walk in the door grab it walk right out we um, utilize that a lot like we'll be le- go, going east and my wife will go online and order what, right about the time we're leaving springfield and by the time we get to sleepy eyed i pull into the pull it by the curb she hops out goes and gets it come back out and we're back on the road again yeah yeah it kind of makes up for not having to drive through uh, a coffee shop to drive through would be really really nice and that was the toughest thing about the location that we ended up picking was that we could not do a drive through so uh, that's kind of replaced that i think um so I think we will for off sale, uh, on sale obviously wouldn't make any sense, but right, yeah, but, but. well, cool man. Yeah. I did notice. So I came across a weird Wisconsin beer selling a lot today when I was on the Untitled Art website or no Brewing Project website. They are not allowed to sell beer online there, like you guys are here. So what yep. they sell is reservations to pick up beer for a dollar. And then, so you reserve, you know, whatever you want for a dollar, and then you go and pick it up, and then you actually have to do the transaction face-to-face yet, so you still have to pay for it when you pick it up. Okay, really? That is bizarre. But I thought that's a unique workaround that they found. Let's sell the reservation. Yeah. Yeah, Why is there there so many laws like this? It makes it so hard and difficult and... uh, (coughs) Bev. It's money. Yeah. It's all money. Yeah, it's a, it's absolutely a money thing. And shouldn't say just InBev. It's the big distri- the bigger distributors too. They don't want they don't want competition. Correct. Right. It's it's someone's got a hold of that, and then they're not they don't greed. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, initially, I believe the three tier system was developed to give small brewers an opportunity, and I think it's ended up kind of doing the opposite. But it's a hot button issue congressionally. Uh, year in and year out what are your thoughts yeah. on it was uh castle danger just this year what is it Twenty thousand barrels a year mm-hmm. you surpass that and then you can't sell on site anymore yeah so well, what are your thoughts on on a law like that you know i have mixed feelings on it because the reason they kind of came up with that law was to allow the small brewers the ability to do something uh and to sell the on sale stuff and, and you know who a, a company that once was a very small brewer has become a very large brewer 
so it's they want to keep the small brewer sort of perks i guess mm-hmm. um and they are they are definitely more of a craft brew they fit more with a craft brew than a large domestic brewer right. um so but i don't know what that that ceiling should be but i do have mixed feelings on it uh and i've kind of i think i've read similar stances from from other people and and uh i know the craft brewers guild is one, kind of one of the bigger uh lobbying bodies and i'm not even sure what their official stance on it is but i i know just in general i'd like to modernize alcohol laws a little bit to make them make more sense just like right. wisconsin can't order online i mean it makes no sense right uh, i'm sure there's a reason for it um but current day and age it doesn't I mean, seem to applicable. me the the one the one perk of the COVID has been the all the breweries now that do the the online ordering where you can order mm-hmm. it ahead of time and you know, swing by and pick it up whenever it works for you. So if I know I'm going through Sleepy, I can, I've done it through you guys. I've done it in Minneapolis or St. Paul at various breweries. I did it to one in Iowa that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> but <laughs> Was it toppling? Go- it was not toppling Goliath. Yeah, because they're a really good one, aren't they? Yeah. I'll tell you um, off air. I'll I, tell you the name of it. But... How old do your kids got to be before you can just, like, go to the Black Hills on a whim? <laughs> Uh, my kids are. I'm with you, brother. Yeah. Is, is two years old, uh, or no, one cool. and a half? No. I mean, yeah. I, I took <laughs> our, our youngest. We're not even onto Barbies yet. Our youngest was two, <laughs> and we went to the Black story. Hills. Even old enough kids to babysit the other ones to babysit yeah. that one. Yes, yes, yeah, true. I mean, but yeah, I've I've got a almost 20 year old and an almost 16 year old. So on the Thursday before Memorial Day weekend, we decided to leave on Friday and yeah. go to the Black Hills for the weekend because breweries were open. So yeah. we went to yeah. uh, three different breweries while we were out there. and Yeah, I know you guys get up to the cities and hit up a, a bunch of breweries. So. Yeah, yeah I, we kind of dropped. The kids don't care. We asked them to go to the Black Hills with us, and they, no, nope, we'll stay home. All right, we're going. So. <laughs> Hard to believe they passed up that up at 20 and 16. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe said he would go if we could go to Bear Country, USA. Oh, like, is that Jellystone? <laughs> no, no, it's like a drive through zoo. So we went out there with the kids probably like six years ago. Yeah. And all Joe wanted to do the entire weekend was go to go to the uh, Bear Country USA. And we... No reptile gardens? We did that. Yeah, that's cool, too. But we went. We pulled up to Bear Country USA at four fifteen, and they had closed at four o'clock on a Saturday. Oh, so bunch of Nazis. Shit. So he was pissed because we had to be so, back for a baptism the next morning. So we had to did, leave early the next day. So even six years later, he just wants to go to Bear Country USA. Did you go to that Cosmos Park? Take the boy. <laughs> Make a trip. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. We've said we're going to go. Him and I are going to go, and I think Chrissy too, and do some hiking through the Badlands and stuff like that. And That's fun. Badlands are fun. You gotta, you know what song you gotta listen to when you're hiking through the Badlands. What song is that? Badlands by Bruce Springsteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Corey Badlands, loves Bruce. We got a little. Place we got a heart. Keep pushing it. It's understood. And this Badlands. There's nobody more overrated than Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, no shit. What about Elvis Presley? Elvis Presley is a horribly rated half. King of rock and roll. He's a... Nah, whatever. We're not getting into this. <laughs> go I never all get day to hear these this. fights. Go all day on this. Let's get let's get to the sour talk, though. <laughs> Speaking of arguments. <laughs> oh, 
All right. Well, what do you guys think? Who needs more? Megan does. <laughs> I love it. It's really good. So my question is, though, this is a sour base that you conditioned with um, cranberries, correct? Mm-hmm. And so you now have this, and you could do a raspberry version. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. So it, it is. We could actually just brew a goza and, and just serve the goza with no fruit. And then, yep. And I would just tweak the recipe a touch. Which is what I honestly think that like this is because that can that it, I've had one. I'm like, this just tastes like a boring sour with no with no uh, uh, flavor, like fruit to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. A, Ber- a Berliner Weiss is, is very, very similar to a goza. Yep. Uh, just in how it's done a little different brewing style. Isn't it, isn't it just where it originated? It's like they're all sours, only like... Isn't it German, the Berliner? And then goes is from like another country over there. And I think then it's another part of Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's one like yeah, you have it, to but it's it's wasn't it, barrels. Weren't the names just from different parts of Europe? Yeah, and I think it has to do with like open vessel fermenting. Okay. Um, and things like that where it would get yeast and lactobacillus okay. into it, which soured it. Uh, okay. But the the unique thing about goes is, is the region where they're from. The water is very salty, uh, naturally. So it's I think it was an uh, open vessel fermented beer that soured because of that. But then it was made with a, a saltier water. Oh, so the only beer that they Got could it. make like back in like the 1500s there was like every beer is sour. Don't care what you want, it's sour. Yeah. If they were open vessel, yeah, because yeah. they would just let them ferment open <laughs> right, in the air like right. in a bathtub. Oh man, yeah. they would never know. You could go live your whole life without Belgian. having like a as long as they threw Belgian some lime and cucumber in there, I'd be, aren't they? I'd be set. Or a muskmelon. Like the the Belgian except over in Europe they call muskmelons uh, rock melons. Okay. Uh, where it, that would give, that kind of make all Belgian beers night. taste the same, or some of their <laughs> yeast. Okay, uh, I don't know all that all the all the brewing history there, but okay. This is very good, but you know what it reminds me of. We're Urban South heavy tonight, too. They're Rudolph the red Nose rain beer. Rain beer. They did the cranberry goes with a touch mm-hmm. of gingerbread to it at Christmas time. Did they really? This is really similar to that. It's really good. Corey's been to yeah, good job. New Orleans a whole bunch. Goes to Urban South quite a bit. That's that's why and we bring it up so much. And yeah. Courtyard. And he brings it back, which, so in turn, I've had a lot of Urban South beer because of Corey, too. Okay. You know, it's like a tiny, it's like their version of, you know, Sleepy Eye down there, but yeah. we can't get <laughs> it up here. Yeah. <laughs> Our last trip down there last summer, we went to Urban South. We were down there for four days. We went to Urban South, three of them, and just sat <laughs> in the brewery and drank. <laughs> My kind of Why trip. not? That's I a great wife, occasion. I'm like, that's when we know we've been to that city too many times when we're not even like <laughs> going and seeing the sites. We're like, well, it's noon. The brewery's open. Should we head down there? Yeah, why not? It's like you're on a schedule. Like that's what it's like you're on a cruise. Like, well, it's bingo at four. When the staff knew us by the third day and they're like, is this all you guys are doing your entire vacation? Yeah, yeah I think so. Why so not? <laughs> Megan and I just booked a trip to Denver. I'm like, well, that's going to be 80% of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's tap rooms. <laughs> We're like going to wine country, but for beer. I would go to Boulder. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes. Well, guess what? We're guess going what? To We're going to Denver. Cause Denver <laughs> oh, you're not venturing yeah. out? Uh, I don't think so. Just because okay. I don't want to drive. I don't want to rent a car. 
Okay. Just, it's just, only like I a thirty dollar Uber ride from Boulder or from Denver to Denver if to that's Boulder. The, we have a long time to speculate. We are flying out September eleventh. Never forget. It's our trip to Denver. Believe it or not, <laughs> we're walking our on air that day. Oh. <laughs> no, no, seriously, we never connected the dots till afterwards. We were like, oh no. It's the best thing to happen <laughs> to happen out of COVID was pre planning a vacation. Oh my god, the fl- the round trip flights were like eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I've looked at a lot of flights sure. yeah. throughout this where I've we like, can still cancel if we have to. Oh, the by, by early yeah. June we should definitely be able to get on a plane and now here we are in mid June and Nothing. Yeah, we're we're set up to cancel. Like we're we're right. well aware that a second wave might hit, but we're just crossing our fingers that like we're going to beer country. We're going to beer country. Okay, but we already had to tell a group of seven to thirteen year olds that they weren't going to Disney. <laughs> I don't think it can get much worse. It's than another that. benefit of only having teenagers. That was horrible. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, because mm. we were we were about to get on a plane to Disney World mm. um, the weekend that everything was shutting down. Like two days after they closed all the parks. Like a whole family of us, like Megan and her entire family, like entire family, all their kids. Like there was like what thirty of us going, something like that. Whatever. Fill half the goddamn plane. Yeah, Holy it was shit. like the, the biggest kid is like this big. Hey yeah. guys, we're not going. Dude, Jordan's fifteen. Oh, that's brutal. She she's bigger she's than short. two. She's bigger than two feet tall. <laughs> Factual details are not important in a good storytelling okay, show. You're right. You're right. True. I'm sorry. True. Now I sound like I just put you in your place. <laughs> <laughs> you're also making me look bad. <laughs> I will say that I'm the. Just kidding. That was Sour Homeschooler. Is that what you guys named this one? Yep. Yeah, that was right when we were fairly all a little bitter about having to homeschool. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it wasn't going well. <laughs> what? Didn't go well in your house? Went oh, great at my uh, house. I bet it did, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you want a downfall of having teenagers? I had to have my freshman in college come came home for spring break and never went back. <laughs> he was not pleasant to be around some I can believe that. Which yeah. is why he had no desire to go with us to the Black Hills. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, just a great time, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I think this is my favorite Sleepy Eye beer is this Cranberry Goals. This is super good. That's your favorite Sleepy Eye beer? I think so. Ten of two. Yeah, ten well, of two yeah, is still I mean, my that favorite. That was really good, too. But this <laughs> ten of two is still my favorite. Ten of two is my favorite. <laughs> blood Orange. Blood Orange was damn good. Actually, yes. no. I think the I think I like the, the immunity, the mango milkshake a lot. You know better. what we need to do is just oh, go back there sec. so we can try them all again. Yep. And then the Blood Orange and then this. Can we count as a family if I make no, a res? Wide awake. We, we can try. I mean. You, you can do four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can do four. But up even to six, unrelated. right? Up to six. Up to six if you, same if you household? live in the same household. Right. You can pretend. We look the same, right? Are you Mormon? Me and him? My, yes. Well, yeah. my <laughs> wife not? and Tim are that night old That's, That's up, true. Right? Yeah. That's true. That's true. Right. He's my cousin-in-law. Yeah. They, yeah. I'm just I, the guy. And I live here. <laughs> so, uh, <yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Jacoby stayed here a few times because he was drunk to drive, too drunk to drive up. So, I mean, he true. could come too. <laughs> <laughs> well, professionally, the answer is that absolutely well, it's not. Four. Yeah, yeah. recorded. Absolutely, yeah, not. that's right. Yeah. Definitely so, where can we make these reservations? Let's uh, wrap this up. Let's let's talk about uh, the brewery a little bit. That's the easiest way. Just call him. Yep. No call call yeah. in the afternoon, and Kelly can write them down. Yeah. And do you have any new beers coming up that you'd like to um, announce or anything? 
there's an attitude adjustment right now. No, it's a it's a mango strawberry attitude adjustment. Uh, what is it? So uh, yeah, mango attitude adjustment what? is an a, it's a it's a it's kind of I'm trying to come up with a good way to describe it. It's it's just a standard fruit beer. Okay, um, but there's some malts in it to kind of give it a little bit of a nutty flavor. And then it's uh, fermented on strawberry and resweetened with strawberry and mango. I have to ask. Okay. Attitude adjustment comes after the homeschooling. We got, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, that, w- that was one of our uh, one of our beer tenders. She helped Aaron brew it. Okay. Um, and so I think she came up with the name. When can we uh, expect that? I think that's probably going to come out this week. I'm guessing, and then within a week or two, there's going to be an old ale, and neither of them I, I haven't tasted yet, so we haven't brewed either of them before. So. Those two are the next two that should be on tap. I think, uh, let's see, what else do we got? Tana 2 is going to be, that's going to run out really soon. So that one's almost ready to keg again. Did you guys keep Good pretty deal. detailed notes on like the Tana 2 so that that beer should be the same every single time you make it? Or is there going to be Va- some variations? There's always going to be a little bit of variation. So sometimes it's as little as we get our grains from one supplier or another. It's the same grain, but... Yeah. Just a different maltster. Um, so that can change the flavor a little bit. It might be a different supplier for the hops. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have dry hopped it like a little bit of an hour. You know, we're not going to go in at four in the morning and dry hop. Um, so the hours of dry hopping might be off a little bit. So there, there's a little bit of variation, but it's really hard to okay. identify. So it, it'll, it should taste very, very similar. Do you guys have any plans for uh, harvest time to do a wet hop IPA? Um, we've talked about it, and that's still... That's still in the works. Yeah. Uh, what it what it comes down to is just having enough time to learn the ratios for using the wet hops, mm-hmm. um, because it's totally different as far as weighing them, and how much hop material to add, and then the other part is the logistics of getting the hops here. Yeah, I could imagine. Uh, and a lot of the there's there's a hop farm in Iowa, um, and they they import a ton of hops, and they they'll small they'll sell in smaller batches. The other one that's uh, near St. Cloud right now, there we don't get any other hops because they sell them in too big of bags. So, yeah, Mighty they, X, yeah, it's like are they still yeah. around? Which one? Mighty X. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they sell, were bankrupt, weren't they? Or at least they're in. Yeah, talk about that after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't have any clue, but they only yeah. sell in twenty two pound bags, and. We typically get eleven pound bags for our our hops, so okay. twenty two is a little bit big for a three barrel system. Oh, I suppose. But we just don't want them to get old and stale. Mm-hmm. Got um, it. And we try to vacuum seal them or uh, save. How do they come? Not vacuum sealed, obviously. They do, but if you op- once you open the bag. Oh, that's cause, oh, yeah. Because yeah. we're not going to use eleven pounds at once, even. And okay, we'll talk out there. I got I got a quick hop question. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Adam, for hanging out with us, coming to our living room and not being weird about it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me over. We brought people downstairs, and they're like, wait, we're going into the basement? I'm like, try, I promise you, you're not going to get murdered. But then people usually get, like, excited down there when they see your can collection that you're throwing out. Right. (laughs) Not everyone. All right, peace out. (laughs)